Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, the podcast that inspires heart-first living. This is where you'll get practical tools to reduce stress, inspire creative action, and energize your personal growth momentum, along with ways to apply these tools. And now, here's your host, Deborah Rosman. Hi, I'm Deborah Rosman, and a warm welcome to our listeners. The purpose of our Ad Heart podcast is to inspire forward movement and heart-powered intention. My topic this episode is becoming a heart citizen scientist, and my guest is a 29-year-old millennial who's going to share why this is so important for younger generations, millennials and Gen Zs, many of whom have lost trust in humanity. They are the first generation to grow up realizing that the current state of the world is not sustainable. They're the most tech-conscious population yet, vigilant protectors of the natural world, and passionate about changing our systems of finance, education, and health care. And I think you're going to enjoy hearing from my guest, Dylan Brooks, who is committed to changing the current paradigm of his generation of millennials and also the Gen Zs. Let me give you a few words about his background. Dylan was valedictorian in high school, and after graduating from college, realized he had learned nothing that could help him really succeed in life, and that the education system was broken. He had many health issues, went to doctors who never truly listened to him, and was only told to take drugs So he felt that system was broken. He looked at the political and financial systems and how they're built to favor a small group of people while the majority live paycheck to paycheck and realize the financial and political systems are broken and the news spreading fear, anger, and stress. So he did something about it. Dylan created a community of fellow millennials and Gen Zs who are ready to empower themselves and become their own experts as citizen scientists and follow their own heart's directions. He defines citizen as a person who's part of a community and a scientist is someone who systematically gathers research and evidence, make a hypothesis, test the hypothesis to gain and share understanding and knowledge and act on that. Welcome, Dylan. We are so glad to have you here. Hey, Deborah, thanks for having me and uh, appreciate that beautiful intro. Oh, sure. Well, you know, I just so admire young people like yourself who are really listening to their hearts, to how they can contribute to society and really following that, stepping into that. So I really honor that and so glad you're here with us. You know, you said that everyone is, can, is or can be a citizen scientist. Tell us how you see this helping your generation, why it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the question. So we live in the time of 2022. We no longer live in the world of information. We actually live in the world of too much information. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody has access to the internet, whether it be their phones, computers, even TVs now have connection to the internet. Everything that you want to learn is that, the tip of your fingertips. Now, back in, you know, 1950, 1960, it made sense that science would be disconnected from the normal citizen because you didn't have access to studies, labs, 
uh, information. Now we have the access of every public journal there is. PubMed is a free access that has 27 million um, peer-reviewed scientific journals on it. So everybody um, can access science. And we now live in the time where science is off limits to no one. It's now up to you to decide what you want to do with your time. If you want to play video games and watch Netflix, or if you want to take 30 minutes to an hour of your day to educate yourself and learn about the sciences um, that are going on all around us. Um, and because of the new technology that we have, we are able to learn at such a rapid pace so many different things. So I think now we need to start acknowledging that science is no longer off limits and is no longer being gatekeeped and that everyone has access to science and you yourself can be a scientist. Well, that is really cool. How do you inspire people, younger generation who look at the world and go, they don't see a future for themselves. There's huge rates of anxiety and depression because of this and very little clarity with all the overload of information, as you say, of how to actually become their own scientists to how to really actually begin investigating what would work for them? Absolutely. Great question. And so you mentioned at the beginning, the definition of a scientist is anyone who systematically gathers data information, creates a hypothesis, runs that test and gets a result. We have all done that in our lives, whether it be with a new exercise or a diet. For example, you say, man, I'd really like to lose 10 pounds. I have done research and I've gathered information that if I run a mile every day uh, for 30 days, I hypothesize that I'll lose 10 pounds. So then you execute that hypothesis. So for the next 30 days, you run a mile. And at the end of that 30 day period, you weigh yourself and you actually lost eight pounds. Now you have a result. And now at Thanksgiving dinner, you hear a family member go, oh man, this turkey, you know, really filled me up. I got to lose some weight. Now you can share um, your scientific process and the result that you got to help a friend or family member out. And we do this with um, exercise. We do this with diets. Um, we do this with our morning routines, our sleep cycles. We even do it with how we dress, how we do our hair. Um, and so if we start looking at it from that perspective and with that framework, you start to empower yourself. You know, I'm not asking people to uh, experiment with themselves by letting a spider bite them and see if they become Spider-Man. Uh, you know, or drink a Tide Pod to see if they get superpowers. These are practical, um, easy experiments that you can do uh, independently for yourself um, that can really empower you, that can help lead a healthier physical life, a healthier mental life, and a healthier spiritual life. And that's beautiful. How do you introduce that? How do you introduce the heart into this process with the people that you coach or work with? Absolutely. So I'm glad you asked that. So just the first fundamental basic facts about the heart, you know, um, it's the first organ that's developed um, in the womb um, around four to six weeks. Um, it's an electrical pump. So it's not just biological, it actually carries electrical functions. It's how your nervous system works. So it's a very powerful organ. Um, it sends more information to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. So whether you're aware of it or not, you're subconsciously uh, working and operating from your heart. Um, the best way I can uh, articulate this so that everyone can leave with a general understanding of why it's so important um, is a quick experiment that I'd like to talk about. Um, it was done in 1967 by Bruce Lipton, um, a cell biologist. Uh, this is, he was experimenting with stem cells. Uh, 
late 1960s before anybody knew what a stem cell was. Um, and the gist of this experiment is a stem cell actually replicates itself. So after you put it um, in a Petri dish, every 10 to 12 hours, it actually multiplies. So it goes to two, then four, then eight, then 16. After a week, you have around 30,000 genetically identical cells. And the experiment is as follows. He separated that into 10,000 cells into three different Petri dishes. One Petri dish had a culture medium of muscle cells. One Petri dish had a culture medium of skin cells and the other of fat cells. And after you left the room and came back, these genetically identical cells that all came from one parent stem cell turned into the environment that they were put into. So the 10,000 stem cells in the muscle Petri dish became muscle, those in skin became skin, um, and those that were in the fat cell became fats. So what this shows you is if you operate from first principles, the basic fundamental building blocks of life, you see that your environment matters. It controls your gene, whether it goes on or off, health or sickness. And so the lesson learned here is if you have a healthy cell enter a sick environment, no amount of drugs or medicine that you get to that healthy cell will keep it healthy because the environment around it will make it sick. So you have two options. One, you remove the healthy cell from the sick environment and put it into a healthy environment, and that sick cell will become healthy in the new healthy environment. Or you look around at your sick environment, which I'm using an analogy here for America and just the world at large with how we're treating the planet, and you say, we need to make a change to this sick environment and make it a healthy environment again to create those cells, aka people, living within that society healthy. Um, so if you understand um, the biology and how the heart and brain function, um, then you really understand how important it is to operate from the, from the heart. And what I mean and what heart math means when operating from the heart is heart-based elevated emotions of love, of compassion, of empathy. Um, and your body is like those petri dishes but instead of being a plastic petri dish you are a skin covered petri dish and your um <laughs> your culture medium is your blood your blood delivers all the oxygen and nutrients to all the organs in all your bodies but it has something even more profound is the chemicals within your blood that's released from the heart and the brain so whatever image that you think in your head your brain and heart communicate through the coherence and release those chemicals into your blood, which goes throughout the rest of your body. So if you're feeling and seeing an image in your uh, brain of love, you're going to release dopamine, the pleasure that is a feel-good hormone. You're going to release oxytocin, the, the hormone that bonds you to a loved one, vesopressin, a hormone that makes you more attractive to those around you. The same is true if you have an image of fear. You're going to release cortisol. You're going to release stress hormones. Your autonomic nervous system is going to switch from your parasympathetic to your sympathetic of fight or flight. And so by understanding just the f how you think, how you feel from your heart is releasing these chemicals into your blood, which is then going into your body, then you really understand why it's so important to operate with these elevated emotions from the heart, like love, empathy, and compassion. That's beautifully said and so inspiring. I would imagine, I mean, I would love that because I'm involved with heart math, but how do you how do you reach the younger people? How do you reach out and have them feel compelled to join a community of change and break out of their inertia or fears and begin to do this? 
Absolutely. Uh, great question. And I don't think it's really that hard to convince uh, my generation. When I refer to my generation, I, I think of the uh, age 30 and under because we, sad to say, have lost trust in the system and, and there's no, uh, you know, it's very obvious to see why. We see the planet is sick. We see people are sick. Mental health is at an all-time high. One out of two males are going to be diagnosed with cancer, as the stats show. If you're a female, one in three females are going to get diagnosed with cancer. So we have a very sick environment. Um, and the best way that I can use factual evidence to show why this is so important and how we can change this environment just through ourselves and our biology is the work that you see done with the Global Union of Citizens uh, of Scientists for Peace. They go by GUSP, G-U-S-P. They have done over 50 plus group peace gatherings where hundreds, if not thousands of people come together, simply sit in chairs close to each other in a certain city and for weeks and months, close their eyes and focus on their heart, on their brain, on love, on kindness, on compassion. And we've done 23 scientific studies on these group peace gatherings and they have dropped the violence in that radius um, around where that meeting was done. An example is the Lebanon War in 1983. Deaths, violence, crime dropped by 70%. Another example is in Washington, D.C. in 1993. 4,000 meditators sat right outside of the White House for two months, and there was a 23% drop in crime, homicide, suicide, rape, violence, all of it. The chief police head said they've never seen a 23% drop in crime and violence unless there was 20 inches of snow. So we are literally able to systematically, scientifically verify that when people come together and simply focus on breathing in and out of their heart, focus on elevated emotions of love and kindness and compassion, and a clear intention of peace and love and kindness of a utopia, we see real, unbelievable effects in our physical world. So with these messages and these studies being done, I think the younger generation can see that with you start focusing on yourself of operating from love and focusing on your heart, and then you work as a community, you can change the sick environment that we're in right now into a healthy one. Beautifully said. So Dylan, how are you contributing to this? What are your next steps? What do you see for yourself in facilitating this transformation? Yeah, I think that uh, myself and there's, you know, thousands of other um, people my age and even older, like yourself, um, that understand that we are in a dire situation. Um, we have crossed the point of no return and, and change needs to be made. And I think, uh, you know, like I said, we are in the age of too much information. We are connected by our phones um, uh, computers, technology uh, that we've never seen before. And so we're able to really share messages uh, that can reach millions of people, which is what I do on social media. Um, but I think this awakening is all about taking our focus off the materialistic, the consumerism side of what we've been taught and to focus instead on the internal world of infinite quantum possibilities. Um, I refer to it as the invisible rainbow, just like how we are communicating right now, Deborah. We are not in the same room, yet we are looking at each other. We are hearing each other in real time. That is because of radio waves and satellite waves and, and radar waves. These are invisible forms of information that are carrying information across the planet at instantaneous moments in time. And people don't ask the question, how am I able to text someone in a 
another country instantaneously. The same thing is how your heart operates from your your company. HeartMath has done incredible work that has shown that we can measure the field that your heart gives off up to a three foot distance outside of your body. So I think as we start to realize that energy, frequency, vibration, this invisible rainbow, because visible light, Roy G. Bibb, is less than 1% of the electromagnetic frequency spectrum that we operate on. So as we start to put more effort, more energy, more thought, more um, studying and money into this idea of the heart actually communicating subconsciously below your level of awareness, I think that the generation that's being grown up right now can start to intuitively feel that. They're starting mm -hmm. to see that. And as technology increases, we're going to be able to start proving it. Yes, I agree. You know, when I'm people of your generation that I meet and younger, even like eight, nine, ten-year-olds, it's amazing how they are more naturally aware, more aware than I was at that age and more intuitive and kind of have a like a uh, an antenna looking for where they're supposed to be, what it's about, you know, what can do. And, and of course, my heart goes out because we want to have you reach so many of these younger people as just as we are wanting to reach and with the understanding of the potential of the heart, the power and intelligence of the heart, and everybody become their own self-scientist of it, not more dogma, but really go to your heart with tools and techniques that HeartMath and others provide to be able to connect with that deeper part of yourself, who you really are, and be able to follow your heart signals which connect us all into that higher purpose when I certainly am dedicated my life to that and passionate about it. And it's so inspiring for me to hear that that's really what you're doing too in following your own inner directive of how to do this. Absolutely. And in, in the heart math experience, which uh, your company has a great tutorial on of uh, 10 videos that kind of show you all about um, the science of the heart and why it's so powerful. And you just see this um, with my generation as well. We are just so, uh, you know, brainwashed in the thing that we need to work 100% of the time. We need to work, 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 push, 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 more, 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 do, 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 do. And I think now we've reached a point where everyone's kind of intuitively looking around. Hey, I don't feel good about myself. Hey, I'm suicidal. Hey, I'm depressed. Hey, my friend has mental health issues. We actually need to take a step back. We need to take our gas off the pedal. We need to focus on our, ourselves. We need to take a couple deep breaths in and out and slow down our breathing, slow down our, our brainwave state and connect to what's important. And that's connection with others. That's connection with the planet. That's connection with yourself through your heart and brain. Um, we're intuitively seeing young people do that. But as we can continue to spread the message, show them different ways, different meditative forms like you guys do at the HeartMath Institute. Um, I just am excited for a world where the majority of people are just like they brush their teeth twice a day as a must, uh, you know, meditate and focus on their breath work and their heart-centered emotions twice a day. I'm excited for that world that, that we're really trying to push towards too. Yeah, me too. And I know that's coming. It's just we look around and we go, really? And you look at the news, but it's all part of the shift. You know, we always said in my generation that the planetary shift that the world's going through is 
things have to turn upside down to be right side up. And here we are, and we don't like it because it looks fearful. But that is how I see what's happening and all the challenges from climate change to political and polarization. It's it's all that process of things realigning and having to turn upside down in order for it to go right side up. And the heart is certainly the way we have to direct that process. And so appreciative that you are working with younger people, reaching out to your generation. I love what you talk about. Every We all need to wake up and be happy. And to do this, we need to connect more deeply to ourselves and become heart citizen scientists of all aspects of our life. Absolutely. And just like we saw with, uh, you know, the pandemic shutting down the world for two years, you know, just like a virus is contagious, it can spread amongst populations. So is love. So yes. is heart centered emotions. Um, they radiate like a cell phone tower. Um, and so just like a virus is contagious, it can spread amongst a population of people. So can heart centered emotions. So can the work that you do internally in your bedroom um, by yourself. Um, and I so I think that message is the most important one. Uh, love is just as uh, contagious um, as a virus. Beautifully said. Well, you've inspired me and hopefully a lot of our listeners. Let's actually now take this energy and collectively do a heart meditation together on empowering ourselves to the next step of becoming our own heart citizen scientist, listening to and following our heart, collaborating with others to do that. What is our next step? What is your next step? And let's do a heart meditation on that and empowering whatever our heart guides us and that intention. So let's focus our attention in the area of the heart. And let's imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or chest area. Breathing a little slower and deeper than usual. Just find an easy, even rhythm that's comfortable. Now, as you continue heart-focused breathing, let's activate a renewing or uplifting heart-based feeling such as appreciation, compassion, care, loving kindness, or other heart quality to raise our vibration. And as the saying goes, put your heart into that feeling. Whichever one uplifts you the most. Now radiate that renewing feeling to yourself and out to others. See it regenerating the cells of your body and radiating into the 
energetic field environment around you. Now hold in your heart an intention for something you'd like to create or change in your life. We're going to start creating a higher resonant connection with that. Just focus on radiating rings of positive feeling and energy from your heart as you imagine, visualize, or affirm your intention with feeling. See yourself building your capacity to increasingly sustain your intention with commitment over time to step into it, to research it, to learn about it, to activate it. Now relax in the heart and just be open to receiving any intuitive guidance from your heart's intelligence. And know that often intuition comes later, another time period when you're relaxed, especially on important things. So now that you've sent the intention and motion into the field, don't feel like you've done anything wrong if you don't get an intuitive insight right away. It'll come. Become a self-scientist, a heart-citizen scientist, and know that repeating this exercise will energize your intentions from a more coherent state, increasing your potential for manifestation or making peace with what you can't change or manifest yet. Our heart knows what's best for us and the wholeness outcome. Thank you for sharing that with me. Before we wrap this up, Dylan, is there anything you'd like to say and leave our listeners with? Yeah, first of all, that was beautiful meditation. I feel very relaxed. Um, what I would say is we, uh, in order to move forward, um, the best way that I think is with transparency and accountability um, and with love and empathy, um, 
and to focus more on the energy frequency and vibration. Let's focus less on materialism, consumerism, and more on the invisible rainbow that is really controlling our entire life. Excuse me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dylan. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. I hope you've been inspired by this episode and some, something you can apply, take forward in your life and share, share with the younger people. They all need to know that there are new options. And I want to take this moment to remind you all that the third Tuesday of every month, we publish a new episode. So be sure you subscribe so you don't miss our next guest and topic. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Ad Heart Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch the latest episodes. If you're wanting even more heart-inspired content, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Look for HeartMath and also the HeartMath Institute. Both organizations are committed to helping activate the heart of humanity.